0: Tonight on Huckabee, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, author and columnist Gordon Chang, the comedy of Chad Thornsbury, and music from Gordon Mook. That's Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. And I'm your guest announcer, old Whispering Bill Anderson. Thanks for joining us. And now, here's Mike Huckabee!
1: What a great audience we have here in our theater. And boy, have we got a special show lined up. First of all, I mean, how many shows are able to get Bill Anderson, one of the greatest country artists of all time, to be the guest announcer? I'm so pumped about that. I've told Keith Bilbrey, Keith, you better get back here pretty quick. Bill may take your job. (laughs) A little worried he may take my job, but I love Bill Anderson, love his music. But I'm going to tell you, I love him as a person. He's one of the nicest, kindest, most gracious, generous gentlemen you will ever meet in your life and we are honored to have you here Bill. Thank you.
0: Thank you sir, for somebody that never made it above announcing in Commerce, Georgia, it's a great <laughs> honor to be here.
1: Bill, I think you kind of made up for the country music legendary career that you've had with all the Grammys and everything else you've enjoyed. We're just thrilled. And also tonight, back here with the Music City Connection, because we were a little worried about Trey, could yeah. he pull it off? So we brought in a wonderful, amazing, one of the finest session get, uh, piano players and keyboard players in the business. In the planet. And yeah, on the, on the whole yeah. planet. That's pretty good. Gordon Mote, and he's gonna be performing for hey, us later yeah. in the show. Right. Thank you all. thank you. Great to have you here, Gordon. Thank you, Governor. Well, I am often amused but I am never amazed at how easily offended the left is about, well, pretty much everything. I mean, they're quite good at taking every issue and turning it into a reason for yelling a primal scream of racism. Recently, the state of Georgia passed some election reforms. I mean, they needed to in light of the disaster of the train wreck of the 2020 election process there. Governor Brian Kemp, who by the way is on our show tonight, and the legislature in Georgia They worked really hard to make it easier to vote, but harder to cheat. And throughout the process of the bill, the governor and the legislators were in touch with citizens across the state, as well as with Georgia-based corporations like Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines. And you know, everybody seemed to agree that it would be good to expand voting opportunities, but they would have to require some form of ID to ensure that votes were cast by legally qualified Georgia voters. But after the bill passed and President Biden called it a resurrection of Jim Crow laws, something that the Washington Post said wasn't true, not even close, and that's amazing that they even admitted that, those very same corporate executives went all squishy. The CEO of Delta Airlines, which is the airline I fly on almost every week, said the bill didn't reflect Delta's values, but he never identified which values were not being reflected. The CEO of Coca-Cola also complained, but likewise couldn't name one specific problem with the law. In fact, a lot of people don't know this. Georgia expanded the number of days that one can vote early, and they made provisions to accommodate even Sunday voting. It did prohibit candidates or political parties from passing out food or beverages to people who were standing in voting lines. But it completely allowed for people to be given water or other items by the election officials. Now, you know what? It makes sense not to let political candidates give out beverages and food, which sure would seem to kind of violate the law of giving something of value for a vote. Heck, I might've got elected to more stuff (laughs) if I'd handed out all sorts of things at the voting line. Major League Baseball was supposed to play the 2021 All-Star Game in Atlanta, but the baseball commissioner was so upset at Georgia that he arbitrarily moved the game from Atlanta to Denver. The irony, as pointed out by many, was that in fighting a phony charge of racism, he actually moved the game from one of the blackest cities in America to one of the whitest, figure but the commissioner seems not to be too offended by Georgia, since he's still keeping his own personal membership at the Augusta National Golf Club, which of course is in Georgia. The outrage for companies like woca Cola, which is what I call them now. <laughs> Catch that, woca Cola. Delta, Nike, and Major League Baseball is that they do a growing share of their business with communist China, which means they'd rather link up with and be partners with the Chinese communists than with the hardworking people of Georgia. The Chinese are slaughtering Uyghur Muslims, using children for slave labor, cheating on trade and intellectual property, and imprisoning people, or even trying to speak out, much less vote on issues. I tweeted out last week, and this is what I said, I've decided to identify as Chinese. Coke will like me, Delta will agree with my values, and I'll probably get free shoes from Nike and tickets to major league baseball games. Ain't America great? Well, the next thing you know, I'm trending on Twitter, which is never a good thing. And I'm being called a racist because some knuckleheads in the media allege that I'm using hate speech on Asians. Huh? Are you kidding? It had nothing to do with ethnicity. And anyone with an IQ above stinkweed surely knows that. (laughs) It was about hypocrisy and the duplicity of high-horsed globalist companies who look the other way while they make billion dollar deals with China, but somehow pretend that Georgia is returning to racism and Jim Crow. It's so outrageous that even the Washington Post called Joe Biden out for lying. People were calling for me to be canceled and censured and demanding that I apologize. For what? saying that it's hypocrisy for big companies to lie about the state of Georgia and try to bully the governor there, but then ignore the real abuses being conducted by the communist Chinese party? I will not back down. And I am so glad the governor of Georgia won't either. I gotta be honest with you, we gotta stop allowing the loons of the left to destroy the country with lies while Christian people are disparaged and called racist. We've gotta stand for and speak out for the truth. By the way, I'm not calling for a boycott of woca cola or Delta or even the cowardly commissioner of Major League Baseball. I just call for people to stand up, speak up, and stop surrendering to the insanity of calling everything racist so one doesn't have to actually discuss an issue or defend an irrational position. As my pastor used to say when I was just a kid, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And friends, it's time to stand. Well, Georgia has been in the news the past couple of weeks as Governor Brian Kemp signed a bill into law that aims to reduce voter fraud. Critics have said the law is somehow racist. Instead of strengthening election integrity, They say it actually suppresses the vote. Joining us now to lay out the facts, Georgia Governor, Brian Kemp. Governor, first of all, I've read the bill. Uh, It does not suppress the vote. Uh, It it makes it easier to vote in Georgia. It just makes it harder to cheat. What have the critics gotten wrong?
2: Oh, (laughs) I think, uh, well, thanks for having me on, Governor. I think they've gotten just about everything wrong. But as you and I both know, with that agenda that they have, they could really care less about the truth. I think they wrote the playbook on this uh, plan that they had weeks ago when they reserved the domain name Jim Crow 2.0. And, you know, President Biden said the other night that this was uh, Jim Crow on steroids. And I responded in an interview I did yesterday, this is the big lie on steroids. So we're fighting back with the truth. And You know, I've done over 60 interviews now answering every question that anybody had for me. But none of the other folks that are, you know, saying this is a bad bill are willing to do that because they have yet to point out one specific in this bill that takes away the you know, opportunities for people to vote. And in fact, as you said, it expands it, but it also makes sure that we have election security. It's going to be easy to vote and hard to cheat.
1: There was a knee-jerk reaction on the part of some of the CEOs, Delta Airlines, uh, what I now call woca cola Um, They immediately just made these decisions and yet, Governor, they could not point out not one specific area in the law that they had a problem with. They just simply took at face value that uh, what was being said by some very hyper-partisan people was true. Have you had conversations with CEOs of some of these companies that uh, were so, I guess, falsely outraged by the bill.
2: Yeah, you know, I have, I have not um, since they came out with their statement. And in fact, the you know disappointing thing about Delta is they had a statement that was, you know, really pretty good after I signed the bill, or maybe it was right before I signed it. And then after they got pressured, they completely changed their position, but. Governors, you know how the legislative process works. This, this has been going on for months in Georgia. Speaker Ralston created a committee even before the end of the year. Our session started the second Monday in January, so the middle part of January. Uh, that went on for two and a half months, and all this work was done. And the thing that's so bad, really, for me about Delta and, and Coca-Cola is their government affairs folks were in the Capitol every day. And we yeah. were talking to them, a lot of the other business community. We were talking to local elections officials, the legislators. I mean, everybody was having their input. And they were fine when the final bill passed. And they were fine when I signed it. It was only after the, the cancel culture and the pressure came from Stacey Abrams and quite honestly, the White House that they changed course, which is so disappointing, especially in regards to what's truly in this bill.
1: One day after uh, President Biden in an interview with ESPN uh, said the Major League Baseball All-Star game ought to be moved out of Atlanta the commissioner actually moved the game, or at first just took it away from Atlanta, then later moved it to Denver. Somebody pointed out that he moved it from one of the blackest cities in America to one of the whitest cities in America, all in the name of uh, racial equality. But let's talk about the economic impact and who that's gonna hurt in Georgia. How much money will Atlanta and or Georgia lose because of the ball game being moved? And who are those people who get the gut punch from this really rash decision?
2: Governor, it's a hundred million dollar economic impact or somewhere, give or take, around there, maybe a little more than that. And it's the guy that I saw on the news that owns a, you know, a restaurant up there that was really banking on the all-star game, being there, having a, you know, Super Bowl, all-star you know, college football um, playoff game type weekend that quite honestly, coming out of a global pandemic, these folks need, you know, they've been suffering up there. There weren't any fans in the stands last year during the season. They've weathered through because of our measured approach. We're really looking to come out of this and they're taking an economic gut punch, but they're also just, you know, mentally, it's like this doesn't even seem rational that we're politicizing the great American pastime.
1: There were some issues in the Georgia election of 2020, the legislation that you guys worked on was to correct that so there would be greater levels of transparency, accuracy. Um, Do you feel like this bill addressed the concerns that had, had surfaced as a result of the 2020 elections?
2: Yeah, absolutely, I do. I mean, we we're replacing a arbitrary signature match process because we had a 351% increase in absentee ballots by mail with the voter ID requirement. By the way, Governor, I thought it was very ironic that Joe Biden did the intro to the NCAA championship game the other night where every one of those games was played in Indiana, which is the birthplace of photo ID. Huh. Um, but this also, this also secures... Uh, ballot drop boxes. It makes sure that elections officials continuously count till every vote's tabulated, not starting and stopping or stopping in the middle of the the night, which really um, makes voters lose confidence in the process. And then, as we mentioned earlier, it expands early voting opportunities, especially on the weekends. And what's so ironic about this is every single Democrat has voted against expanding early voting on the weekends, and they voted against the voter ID requirement that, you know, 75% of Georgians support, and we've had in place since the mid 2000s here in Georgia.
1: Well, Governor, I just want you to know I think there are a lot of people across the country who admire you for standing up and fighting back. It's what uh, folks need to do when there's something on the line like uh, voter integrity. So we wanna say thank you for being with us and letting the people of the country understand what's really going on. We appreciate your time. And our viewers can follow at Brian G A on Twitter. If you wanna keep up with the governor in real time? That's how you can do it. Now, we've got our own very special guest announcer. He's a native Georgian. We're talking, whispering, Bill Anderson, and he's standing by so he can shout about what we've got coming up next.
0: All right, Mike, tonight, comedian Chad Thornsbury and best-selling author Gordon Chang. And then laugh with Mike and his in-case-you-mistic news stories. Stay with us right here on Huckabee.
1: We just had to call the fire department here in Hendersonville where we do our show because Gordon Moat over there on the keyboard uh, burned up those keys. I mean, he had this place smoking, <laughs> folks. I'm telling you. What a job. Big hand for Gordon Moat. Thank you, Governor. And Trey Coley and the Music How about City this Connection. Man? Yeah. You know, I about decided, Bill, that it, it's not just you that's in danger of losing a job. I think we may get rid yeah, of yeah, Trey yeah. and uh, bring Gordon in. <laughs> I mean, this is I'm <laughs>
3: done. I quit.
1: Well, that makes it easier on me. I don't have to actually fire you. That, that's so nice of you. No, we love Trey. We'll keep him because Gordon's too expensive. We can't, uh, can't afford him. We can afford Trey. Thanks. Uh,
3: I appreciate that. Wow. Well,
1: well, Chad Thornsbury is one of the most sought-after clean comedians working today. You'll find out why in just a moment. Maybe you've seen him on the Travel Channel, BET, many more. His dry bar comedy special, Junk Cars and Valet Parking, has nearly 50 million views. I want you to welcome the very funny Chad Thornsbury.
4: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, It's a real thrill for me to be here. Um, They're treating me great. It's my first time here, and they're treating me really, really well. Like they put me up at a great hotel, like a top-of-the-line five-star hotel, Which is great, except I'm not a top of the line five star hotel kind of guy. I'm a guy that wears a jacket in front of people, so I only have to iron this part of my shirt kind of guy. I don't like a top, you know what a top of the line five star hotel doesn't have? The complimentary breakfast. I need the complimentary breakfast. I don't care about the thread count of your pillowcases, I want free waffles. I love a free hotel but I love a free hotel breakfast so much, sometimes I'll have one at a hotel I didn't stay. <laughs> and that is not a joke. <laughs> so I'm pulling up to this building today, and I'm staring at this wonder of architecture like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to fit in this place at all. As I'm staring at it, the door to my truck opens. And out of the corner of my eyes, I'm turning. I see somebody start to get in. So just out of reaction, I just turn and shove this guy. And he kind of stumbles back. I'm like, dude, what what are you doing? He said, sir, I'm your valet. It's like, oh, sorry. But in my defense, I don't drive the kind of vehicle that you typically valet. I drive the kind of vehicle before somebody else gets in it, you have to start explaining things about it. (laughs) If anybody else ever had this, you know you have to give them that speech because you don't want anybody hurt, but you really don't want to admit what kind of death trap you're willing to drive on a daily basis, you know? Like, you're gonna park this? Yes, sir. Um, okay. Just so you know, probably won't even happen. But occasionally, if you make a really sharp left handed turn and the defrost switch is slid all the way to the right, the back wheel pops off. I don't know. It's a wiring issue, I think. I don't know that. I'm not a mechanic. I'm just saying instead of going down there and making that first left, you might want to go down one extra street so you can make three rights. <laughs> it's going to get you there a whole lot safer. That's what I would do. You're a grown man. Make your own decisions, you know. And he gets in there and watching. rattling my truck down the street. I'm like, okay, where, where is he going to go? And he makes this big sweeping left. I'm like, all right, dude, you're on your own. I don't know how much clear I could have been about that in all honesty. <laughs> go in there try to check in. And I said, uh, I'm the comedian doing the show. And I said, okay. Uh, she said, uh, your room's ready. Said, I just need a credit card. And I said, well, you know, the Huckabee Show is kind of supposed to take care of my room. I said, no, they paid for the room. I just need your card for incidentals. Like, oh, okay. I'm not going to have any. <laughs> and they go, no, incidental, that's just if you uh, order a movie off TV, call down and get some room service. No, I know what the word means. <laughs> I'm just explaining to you I'm not going to have any of this. He just kind of looks around, making sure nobody's around. Well, it's kind of just pretend. What are you talking about? How would I pretend to hand you a card? You can make believe to swipe it if it makes you feel better, I guess. And I'll for real go to sleep. She said, I can't unlock your room without a card on file. Okay, here's my card. And she runs, she goes, oh, I'm sorry, it was declined. My pretend charge just got rejected? I'm not a wealthy man. I thought I could afford free. She goes, no, we don't uh, charge the card, but we put them out of a hold on it and it wouldn't accept that amount. I said, how much was that amount? She said, $750. She's like, do you think our machines are malfunctioning? <clears throat> nope. I think those are working perfectly. That's what my card out quick, didn't I? I was watching. It was a pretty good machine. But they ended up letting me in my room, which they didn't have to do very, very nice of them. They didn't have to do that. And all the years I've ever done this, I had never received a call on the hotel phone. And it was kind of weird. After a few minutes, my phone started ringing, and I walked in and I was like, hello? I said, yeah, this is Becky from downstairs. I was just wondering how your room looks. Have you never been up here? You can come up here and look around if you want. It's all right, I guess. It's not worth $750 and no waffles, but it's okay, I guess. She goes, I was just wondering if you had any concerns. I'm a little concerned your valet's not going to make it back. (laughs) Guys, I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it.
1: Chad, come on over. Yes. You live in Missouri, right? Yes, yes. And that's where you grew up. Grew up, always been there. This has been a tough year for every performer, comedians, musicians. What have you done in the course of the COVID shutdown when you couldn't go out and do uh, live events?
4: Well, you know, it's... um, (laughs) There was a lot of things at home. A lot of Zoom shows people were offering, Zoom and... uh, my wife, you she know, she's not used to me being home all that time at once. So now that things are starting to open up. She is thrilled that I get to get out of the house a little bit more often. You think it's about you getting to get out? Is that why she's thrilled? <laughs> Do you really believe that, Chad? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But No, I'm... Um... My, my dry bar came out, so that, was, that helped a lot. I still got to get noticed and everything. A lot of people may not even know what dry bar
1: comedy is. So it's online. Yes. And, and explain how people can uh, it, watch you can that. Go,
4: you check it out, and it's been almost seen by about 50 million people. Just out of curiosity, a round of applause. Who's seen that? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Okay. About four. <laughs> there were more than that out F- there. 50 million people. I haven't met six people across the country that have ever seen it. It's unbelievable. Really? Yeah. And the thing is well, Some people watch it 24 times. I mean, that's part of the deal. <laughs> my mom's but, doing a great uh, job watching it that geez. often, yes. But no, it's the first thing I ever had that had enough traction where people would actually leave comments. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've never had that before. And the guy that got me, he just had a four word comment for my set, just four words, and it just said, A fat Harry Potter. <laughs> And I was talking to my wife about this. She said, why do you let that bother me? I'm like, this guy called me a fat Harry Potter. <laughs> I looked, I was like, Dame, do I look like Harry Potter? And she's like, Chad, you do not look like Harry Potter. <laughs> I said, am I fat? And she said, Chad, you do not look like Harry Potter. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we
1: love having you here. We hope you'll we'll have you back. Thank, Thank you for being here, Chad. Thank you
4: very much. I appreciate you having
1: me. Delighted to have you. Thank Bill you. Anderson, why don't you tell our viewers, where they can see more of the hilarious Chad Thornsbury.
0: Absolutely, Mike. To see Chad's hit special, Junk Cars and Ballet Parking, visit DriveBarComedy.com. And for Chad's CD, Smart Comedy from a Numb Accent, plus funny videos, tour dates, and more, visit ChadThornsberry.com. Next, author Gordon Chang on The Coming Collapse of China, And later, renowned musician Gordon Mode and his wife, Kimberly. More on Huckabee Go to and sign up for his free newsletter. And follow at the Mike Huckabee on Twitter.
1: And hey, welcome back. Gordon Chang is the go-to guy for expertise about China and how the US must relate to the Chinese Communist Party. Calling for civilizational war against America. He lived and worked in China for over two decades. He's a graduate of Cornell Law School, an author, a frequent commentator on China. I want you to welcome to the show a guy I respect as much as anybody I've ever known, and I'm delighted he's here. Please welcome Gordon Chang. Gordon, great to have you. you. You have written extensively and lectured extensively about the relationship that we have with China and why it is the single most important relationship we have. Explain to our audience why this is a really big deal.
5: It's a really big deal because the Communist Party has actually said that we are an enemy. In May of 2019, People's Daily, which is the most authoritative publication about China, declared a quote-unquote people's war on the U.S. And, you know, we have a president right now who doesn't understand the nature of that competition because this is existential. Those guys want to do us in. So it's not just a matter
1: of they'd like to be a little stronger economically. They really want to see us disappear.
5: Well, last year, they took steps to incite violence on American streets. They did that this year as well. You know, Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, he doesn't want to compete with us in the existing international system. He wants to overthrow it altogether because he drops hints about how China should be the world's only sovereign state, which means that everybody else, including America, should just be a colony.
1: Do you think the COVID virus originated in the labs of Wuhan rather than in the wet markets?
5: Yeah, I think so. You know, we don't know right now, Governor, but there are a lot of indications that it did come from that lab. Remember, they were storing more than 1,500 strains of coronavirus. They were engaged in these risky gain-of-function experiments. They weren't adhering to safety protocols, and the first known COVID case just arose just a few miles from the
1: lab. That is It's frightening if it was accidental. It is even more frightening if they intentionally unleashed this on the world just to be able to figure out what kind of damage they could do to the world economy.
5: Yeah, I think that it was an accidental escape from the lab, but it was an intentional release of the disease beyond China's borders. Xi Jinping, um, when he saw what the disease did to cripple China, he then for at least five weeks and maybe much more, he lied about the contagiousness of this disease. He said it wasn't contagious when everybody in China knew that it was, and then he pressured countries to not impose travel restrictions and quarantines on arrivals from China while he was locking down his own country, which means he thought those lockdowns were effective, which means that he thought by forcing countries to take passengers from China, he was spreading the disease. So this was a malicious spread of the disease beyond China's borders
1: a lot of American companies, big companies, make a lot of money doing business with China. Um, look, I understand we live in a global economy and you know, right. if you run a company, you wanna make as much money as you can for the shareholders. But what are the inherent dangers when a, an American company manufactures in China, or sells to China, or is basically a partner with the Communist Chinese party? In, in business.
5: Yeah, there's so many dangers. For one thing, you know, we have um, a lot of our manufacturing in China. They could shut it off. And actually, they threatened to shut off the uh, supply of pharmaceuticals and active pharmaceutical ingredients in the early stages of the coronavirus epidemic. So this is not just a theoretical concern.
1: A lot of the electronics that we take for granted, we use every day, they're actually manufactured there, the parts are. Right. I've heard security people say they're very concerned that built into and baked into these uh, products are ways that the Chinese government are able to download our data, take all kinds of information, and they know more about us than we know about ourselves. Is there
5: any truth to that? Well, there certainly is. So for instance, you got Huawei Technologies, which is the world's number one manufacturer of telecom equipment. They were caught for five years surreptitiously downloading data from the headquarters of the African Union, which China donated and built. And they did that through Huawei servers. And there's Huawei equipment in our telecom networks. Now, we're ripping it out. But, you know, China's been able to steal stuff from us as they steal from the rest of the world. Uh, There was a big sense in which President
1: uh, Trump pushed back pretty hard on China. He put uh, trade sanctions on them. He he just demanded that there be a a cessation of the theft of intellectual property. What is the big difference between the way that he was approaching China and the way that President Biden is approaching China?
5: You know, Biden, just a few, I'll just give you one example. May 1st, 2020, President Trump imposed, uh, initiated an executive order, which um, prohibited American electric companies and grid operators from buying equipment from China because it could be sabotaged. Well, within hours of taking the oath of office, Biden repealed that executive order. Mm. You know, there's no justification for doing that. There were so many giveaways in those initial executive orders to China and Biden didn't get anything in return from the Chinese. So, you know, the Chinese are just laughing at us because he's just given everything away.
1: Gordon, there's a reason that I love listening to you. When I watch you come on television, I turn everything else off and I say, watch this because it's going to be worth watching. You just reminded me again tonight why I feel that way. I want to say thank you for your time and your insights tonight. And for our audience, please read all of Gordon's columns and you can do that by going to gordonchang.com. Plus find all of Gordon's books, including the latest book of his called The Great U.S.-China Tech War. You can get that anywhere that books are sold. It is a must read. And you can also find Bill Anderson ready and waiting to tell us what we've got coming up next.
0: Absolutely. Next is Mike's Funny News Stories on In Case You Missed It. Their award-winning musician, Gordon Moat, will be here with his wife, Kimberly. It's all coming up on Huckabee. There's power in the blood.
1: going to give another hand to Trey Foley and the Music City Connection because, I mean, they're kind of showing out over there tonight, So, but they deserve a little bit of appreciation for yeah. what they're doing with guest artist Gordon Moat sitting in with them tonight. Thank you. Well, from a Hitchcock movie come to life to an Italian chef who, well, he didn't use his noodle, we've got the news that nobody really needs to know on our segment we call In Case You Missed It. All right, first of all, here is a story that you're gonna be raven, raven about. Some thieving ravens are making life miserable for some Costco shoppers in Anchorage, Alaska. The birds hang out in the parking lot where they figured out how to distract shoppers while their accomplices swoop in and steal food right out of their grocery carts. One man who lost a rib, I mean a pork rib, (laughs) not his actual rib, They really aren't Alfred Hitchcock birds, but this man was quoted as saying, these birds know what they're doing. They're very fat, so I think they've got a whole system there. Well, I wish the Senate Republicans were that well-organized. That would be something to crow about. I hear some groaning out there in the audience. Thank you for laughing, Bill, because nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs> Keith told me, he said, whenever Mike says something, laughs. Yeah. Wow. He had to tell you that, huh? Uh, wow, that makes me feel really funny, doesn't actually it?
6: funnier than that joke.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, probably so. Okay, so last week, the U.S. Strategic Air Command sent out a mysterious Twitter tweet that was nothing but gibberish. Was it a secret code? Maybe it was a missile attack. A UFO invasion. No, somebody just left their computer unattended and his toddler wandered in, tapped on the keyboard and hit send. You see, I think this is why even the Democrats don't want President Biden to have the nuclear codes. Hmm. Hey, it's a good thing that guy didn't have a pet raven or we'd be bombing Costco right now. Anyway, officials reassured the public that there was nothing to be concerned about. Well, nothing other than maybe toddlers being in command of the government, but you knew that already, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. All right, from our Hux Criminal Mastermind desk comes the story of alleged mafia drug trafficker Mark Farron, Claude Biart. What a name. He fled Italy, and for seven years, police searched everywhere, but they couldn't find him. Well, this is until... they put on YouTube, and they saw him hosting his own Italian cooking series in the Dominican Republic. I don't think he understands what it means to be on the lamb. I mean, it was a pretty saucy move, right? Some might even say that it was cheesy. That one really died.
4: Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Anyway, he didn't show his face on camera, and he was using a fake name, Muscles Marinara. (laughs) I said Muscles Marinara, his fake name. Anyway, the cops, you know how they recognize him? By the tattoos on his arms. I mean, who else has a meatball tattoo? (laughs) That was a dead giveaway. But now, just like Chef Boyardee, he's in the
0: can. Uh... Yeah. They're turning on me. They're turning on me, Bill. I think think I'm finding out why Keith took the night off. Yeah, I think you are. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're exactly
1: right. All right, here's a story about some kangaroos that you'll get a real kick out of. Researchers, you see, they didn't even get that one either. Anyway, researchers studying some wild kangaroos that were in captivity discovered that if they were given food in a box, they would stare at the researchers until they opened the boxes. They believe it was the kangaroo's way of asking for help. Or maybe it was their way of saying, are you nuts? We're kangaroos, we can't open boxes. So the scientists say this proves that animals don't have to be domesticated like dogs to ask humans for help. They think other animals do it too. Birds do it, bees do it, even educated fleas do it. And cats and Democrats sit around expecting it. Yes, unfortunately the experiment was ruined when the kangaroos finally got the boxes open and some ravens stole their food. <laughs> All right, finally, if you think the candy bars in your office's vending machines are stale, well, someone looking through the attic of Manor House in England found a tin containing a chocolate bar that was 121 years old. It was actually a gift for New Year's Day of 1900 from Queen Victoria, to veterans of the second Boer war. A historian said that the chocolate is in remarkably good condition, uh, but you wouldn't want to eat it for Easter. Because yeah. only peeps are still edible this after 121 years.
6: This is very true.
1: That's right. Very true. Well, peeps and fruitcakes, they're still edible after 121 years. Very true. So if you do want to try eating it first, search your attic for George Washington's wooden teeth to chew it with. Yep.
4: That didn't help. I'm sorry. It
1: didn't help at all. Well, just like facts at a White House press conference, it's time to make ourselves scarce. But always remember, we read the news.
0: Coming up next, gospel music artist Gordon Boat and his wife Kimberly. They sit down with Mike on Huckabee. next week with Mike's guests, President Donald Trump and advocates Elvada King and Ginger Howard. Welcome
1: back. Gordon Moat has been awarded to top keyboard piano player of the year, not once, twice, but three times by the Academy of Country Music. His undeniable piano talent, has made him an A-list Nashville Sessions player for people, oh, you know, like Bob Seger, George Strait, Lionel Richie, and Blake Shelton, just to name a few. And there are a lot of others. Gordon's latest solo project is called Love, Love, Love. It was nominated at the 61st Annual Grammy Awards for the Best Roots Gospel Album of the Year. Gordon joins me now with his wife, Kimberly. Please welcome, remarkable musical couple, Mr. and Mrs. Gordon Moe. Thank you. Thank you so Great much. having you guys. Thank you all. Thank you, Governor. Gordon, thank you for sitting in with the band. It's
6: obvious you kind of like music. I, I, and I love all those guys. Uh, we play a lot together in the studios, and Trey does such a fine job with the Music City Connection. Yes he, does. yes, he does. Yes, he does. And, uh, you know, if you could find a place for me in this little band, uh, (laughs) I would do my best to laugh at whatever that was you called a while ago, That humor. Gordon, you you are hired.
1: Uh, We'll see you next week. I laugh at Bill Gaither's jokes.
6: uh, Well, then you'll laugh laugh
1: at at mine. uh, No doubt about that. You were blind since birth, but started playing piano at the uh, rather uh, ripe old age of three (laughs) How do
6: you even play piano when you're three years old? I can't even understand it. I'm not sure. It was just, the only way you can explain it is just a miracle from God. Mm. God is the only one that can do something like that. Thanksgiving Day at my uh, my family's house, my grandmother had an old upright piano, and everybody was uh, cooking, playing, watching football, all the stuff that families do. We had a big family back in those days, and uh, they heard the piano, and everybody wondered who it was, and when they came in, they couldn't believe what they saw because... What they saw was me, little bitty guy, three years old, playing with both hands. Jesus loves me, which is very. It was just natural to you, is that right? I mean, it just. Yeah. I mean, that is a gift
1: from God. There's no other way to to explain that. Uh, As you grew up and started playing, did you think, well, this is going to be my career, my life? I mean, was that your
6: hope? Well, I sure hoped that I could do something in music because I. I, I don't know how to flip burgers or anything like that. <laughs> I don't think I'd be a very good landscaper. Although I've seen some know. others who weren't very good yeah. at that either. <laughs> although, but, uh, yeah, I really, you know, hoped that I could do something in this town, but I never dreamed that I would be able to do what God's allowed me to do. I've had an amazing career. If it all ended today, which I pray it doesn't, I'd have some... Uh, kids, I need to get through college. Yeah. But if it did, I, I don't have anything to complain about. And it's not just about the music. It's about the relationships. I mean, you know, off air backstage a little bit ago, you, you see how close yeah. all us guys are. And, and uh, we love each other and we love each other's families. And so it's, it's, it's not just about making the music, but the relationships help you make better music, I think. Kimberly, where did you meet Gordon? Where did you guys get together? And was
1: it Love at First Sight?
3: Well, you know, we like love to say Love at First Sound. sound. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Of course it was.
3: <laughs> we met at Belmont. Uh, both went to college yeah. at yeah. Belmont University, both vocal performance she majors. She graduated
6: summa cum laude. Isn't that yeah. impressive? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. top I, of the ladder. Yeah.
3: I, uh, <clears throat> I, on
6: the other hand, graduated thank the laude. So <laughs> just get rid of it. <laughs>
1: So, Kimberly, what was it that attracted you to Gordon?
3: Oh, wow. Make it Uh, good, baby. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Uh, Make it good. You know what? Um, Gordon was always a people magnet. Everybody loved Gordon. He was just fun to be around. Um, I think one of the things that amazed me right away about him is that you forgot that he was blind. I mean, he Mm, was just so easy to be around and and so fun. And, and, you know, I... um, he pursued me pretty quickly. Uh-huh. And, yes, I
1: did. And Very <laughs> wise man. Very wise man and, uh, indeed. And you
3: know, I. She turned me down for for just a minute. Yeah. For, for just a minute. I was it like, it seemed like a long <laughs> time. But you know what? I I have a memory of kind of wrestling with the Lord about this relationship. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so why not? Why why couldn't I marry this guy? And you know what? He had every quality that I ever wanted hmm. in a guy, and the only, only drawback was that he couldn't drive, and I decided that that just didn't matter very much.
6: <laughs> There's I've a seen lot of people some... driving these days that don't, uh, that shouldn't be. I <laughs> was thinking the same thing. I could give it a shot. Gordon, before we
1: uh, go do some music, i got to ask you, you've worked with so many legends in the music business and been their session uh, keyboard player. Right. You're a go-to guy for that. Okay. Are there any that just kind of revved your motor and, and you thought, wow, I cannot believe I am getting to do a session with... Fill
6: in the blank. Oh, man. Well, there, there's been so many cool moments. I think the most giddy I ever got was when I got called to go do Lionel Richie. Because, mm. uh, you know, you grow up playing all those Commodore songs. I'm from yeah. Alabama. They were from Tuskegee. And so, uh, I mean, but, I man, I've gotten to play with some of the greatest entertainers, both in secular music and Christian music. Uh, you know, I got to travel for a long time with the legendary Bill Gaither. And, mm. you know, I went from just you know, kind of knowing him a little bit to so now producing the Gaither Vocal Band. And this is my fourth album I'm working on now. So I- I've uh, been very, very blessed. And, but the biggest blessing is honestly, I mean, the artists are so cool. They're just normal people. But getting to work with session guys like this band here, uh, that is, that's the, that's what gets me going. It's just well, making music with all my buddies.
1: Having you here is a great thrill and Thank an you. honor for us. And uh, I want everybody to get a copy of Gordon Moat's Love, Love, Love. It's available everywhere music is sold. You're going to want to find out more about it, and especially after you hear Gordon's song, you'll want to get the album Love, Love, Love. For more information, go to gordonmote.com. And after the show, go to Huckabee.tv for an online exclusive performance of Gordon's love song to Kimberly. It's titled If They Could See You Through My Eyes. Gordon's gonna be performing right after the break and I get to join him. So don't you even think about going away.
0: Here to perform with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, and Mike joining in on the bass is our buddy Gordon Moat.
7: Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill Anderson. I love you, buddy. Your day's already falling to pieces, and you just stumbled out of bed. You ain't even poured your coffee, and the voice of fear is filling up your head. You're anxious about tomorrow, when you ain't even lived today. You've got time to worry, then you've got time to pray. Cause if you've got time to worry Then you've got time to pray You're looking out across the valley And it sure does seem wide and deep Who knows what's awaiting in the shadows The uncertainty is cause you're losing is a you. And Debbie Selby, give it up for this.